Hello there, our dear listeners. Welcome to the HSK Student Pod. This is Richard, your host from the HSK ATEC team. Thank you for joining us on episode 22 of the HSK Student Pod. It's a pleasure to have you as one of our listeners. I hope you are fine, looking after yourself, especially during this winter cold weather. I know there are lots of demands from various commitments you may have, such as assignments, placements, marking in terms of our teaching staff, and not to forget your family commitments. But I hope you are fine despite all the busy demands you may be having. As usual, not to let you down, I have special guests lined up for you who are going to share wonderful messages with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, this is Karen, your Associate Dean Learning, Teaching and Student Experience in the School of Health and Social Work. Welcome to our Spring Edition, Episode 22 of the HSK Student Podcast. Can you believe we're in February already? getting some more daylight which helps us all to feel a bit better and soon the daffodils and the other spring flowers will be out and looking cheerful when we're out and about. We know you've been incredibly busy over the last couple of months with your studies, placements and assessments. We hope everything has gone well and you've continued to be able to apply all of your learning when in contact with your patients and clients. Of course, in HSK, we're all still very close to the COVID-19 situation being health and social care practitioners, in contact with many individuals who are vulnerable and or experiencing symptoms. It sometimes feels as though the rest of society has moved on into a kind of post-Covid world, while we find much of our attention is still focused on the virus and its effects. As teaching starts to move into more in-person settings, we will still work hard to ensure that you feel safe when you're on campus. It's great to see more of you and we look forward to even more contact as we move into the next academic year. We know that many of you are fully vaccinated or on the way to full vaccination status. We strongly recommend that all students access vaccinations unless you are medically exempt, both for your own safety and to protect your patients, clients and anyone in your family or social circle who is vulnerable. In this month of February, we have two important days when we're encouraged to show love and care for those around us. I happen to be recording this on Valentine's Day. And then on Thursday, February the 17th, we have Random Acts of Kindness Day, where we contribute towards making kindness the norm. There's no limit to the amount of goodness we can put into the world. So here's some examples. Maybe give an envelope with a small gift card for a local tea or coffee shop to a friend with a note inviting them to take some time out to relax? How about writing an actual letter or card to someone who isn't expecting it and sending it through the post? Or think of someone who brings joy and happiness into your life. Call, text or message them in some way to let them know that they brighten up your life. What lovely thoughts. This episode of the podcast is a little longer than usual as we're excited to bring you interviews with some of your student colleagues. 
Victoria, Emiola, Frempoma, Felix and Fiona about their placement experiences. They share tips and coping strategies that you might find interesting and helpful in your own placements. We also hear from two members of staff, Chin from Midwifery and Cathy from Adult Nursing. They provide some key information about the upcoming Nursing Times Awards. You can nominate someone or a team who you feel deserves one of these prestigious awards. Just before I go, if you're a final year student or a postgraduate student listening to this, please give us your feedback by completing the National Student Survey or the Postgraduate Teaching Experience Survey. Also, if you're a student rep, you'll soon get an invitation from us to meet with me and the Dean of School, Jackie Kelly, so that you can tell us directly about your experiences and those of the students you support. We really want to hear your voices. Well, that's enough from me for now. Take care, enjoy the spring, and I look forward to speaking to you next time. Having composite placements as part of our program is one of the key course requirements that makes HSK courses different from many other UH courses. Placement experiences varies from student to student and even it does vary between different placement providers. Unfortunately, we often do not get the opportunity to share placement experiences in our HSK student community. There are lots of things we can learn from each other's placement experiences. For this month's student success stories, we have our guests, Victoria, Eniola, Frimpoma, Felix and Fiona, all current students from the School of Health and Social Work. Victoria, Eniola, Frimpoma, Felix and Fiona are going to share a message with us related to their placement experiences and also share some tips for coping with placements, that is, sharing some placement coping strategies. I now hand you over to Shepa who had the opportunity of meeting and interviewing Victoria, Eniora, Frimpoma, Felix and Fiona. Hello listeners, my name is Shipa Begum. I am one of the tutors from the SAS team known as the Student Success and Academic Support Team. I work as the Student Success and Engagement Tutor. Welcome to the HSK Student Pod. So with us today we have Victoria, Afia, Eniola, Felix and Fiona. Welcome to the HSK Student Pod. We are very happy to have you as one of our guests today. Fiona, welcome to the HSK Student Pod. Thank you, Shiva. I'm also happy to be at HSK Student Pod. So how have you been doing? Good. I've been okay. Working out with assignments. I've been okay. Great to hear that. How have you been doing, Felix? Oh, yeah, I've been doing okay. I'm actually a daddy, mental health nurse. At the moment, I'm on placement. But yeah, I've, I've been doing fine so far. This is my third week into placement at the moment. Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah. Okay. So, Victoria, could you tell us a bit about yourself? I am Victoria O'Day. I'm studying MSc Mental Health Nursing. I am the chairperson for the Nursing Society and also the chairperson for the Nigerian Ghana Society. I'm also a committee member of the RCN. 
that's the Royal College of Nursing. Yeah, like I said, studying mental health, hoping to become a mental health nurse in the future. Thank you. Afia, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Sempoma Afia Anson. Um, I'm a first-year adult nursing student and a student rep for the first-year cohort. And welcome to HST Student Board. Great. Eniola, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Eniola Sanusi, second-year adult nursing student. I am one of the student reps for the second-year adult nursing cohort. I'm also a team member with student nurses, peer support group. Yeah. Good. Thank you for that. And Fiona, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Fiona Mkasabagamba, a student nurse, having my second year and I've done my placement in November, just finished it in November and currently at the uni trying to do the theory, but I'm going to have my third placement, which is starting 28th of February. Great. Today, we're here to share your experience with our listeners on how you have managed to succeed in your clinical placement roles despite the ongoing challenges. So I have some questions lined up for you all. So Victoria, where was your placement and was it your first, second or third placement? So far, I think I've had about five placements. The first one was at the Integrated Community Mental Health Service for Older People. The second, third and the fourth was at Radlett, but at different wards. So Radlett is a very big hospital. So um, the second one was at the Psychiatric Intensive Care Units. The third one was at Ren Ward. The fourth one was at Tomswood Modern Baby Units, all in Radlett. Currently at the fifth one in St. Albans. Thank you very much for that. But what about you, Afia? Where was your placement? And was that your first, second or third placement? This is my first placement and it's at the Barnett Hospital on the Surgical Ward. Thank you. And what about you, Eniola? My first placement was at Walker General Hospital. It was on the Cardiac Care Ward. And my second placement was at St. Albans City Hospital on uh, Delamere and Beckett Ward. That's like uh, surgical and orthopedics. And my next placement will be at Verlum House. That's a nursing home. It's a good mix. And what about you, Felix? Where was your placement? I'm currently the Kingfisher's Cup. That's within uh, Red Light. And actually, this is called uh, Owlward. It's an acute unit. But I've had other placements before. I did have a summer placement, but that was not within the Hertfordshire area. It was within uh, Hampshire because that's where I intend to do my practice. Uh, when I do qualify, that's where I'll be. So currently, I'm here at Alford. Great. Thank you for that. And finally, Fiona, where was your placement? My placement was in Watford General Hospital, and that was my second placement. I had my first placement at St. Albans City Hospital. Then the second one, which I had last year in November, I had it in Watford General Hospital, Ward A and B, which was a good experience. Great. So, Victoria, can you tell us a bit about what kind of things did you do on your placement? I'm going to start with the most recent. 
the previous one I just concluded, which, which was at the Tom's Wood Modern Baby Units. The place met, taught me a lot of things. I got knowledge of how to formulate risk and have um, various activities with mothers and babies, admission process. In fact, that was like the number one catch for me because that was something I was looking forward to learning. I got involved in admission process. It enhanced my knowledge in the nursing process as well. I've been able to experience safe discharge of service users. And as a future nurse, this is like, it's a very rewarding experience for me. The very catch for me was the admission process and the safe discharge of service users, among other things that I learned there. Great. That's really good to hear that. What about you, Afia? What kind of things did you do in your placement? This is my first placement. I haven't done much, but for the three weeks I've been here, um, I've learned proper documentation. I've been taking ops, limited medication under supervision, care for patients, giving them personal care, talking to some patient families, explaining to them the care given to um, their families. And then I hope to learn more as time goes on. That's great to hear from you too. How about you, Eniola? What kind of things did you do in your placement and any positive experience that you got from that placement? During my first placement on the cardiac care ward, since that was my first placement, that's where I learned nursing assessment, documentation, communication and time management skills on that ward. But the most exciting bit for me was when I got to watch pacemaker replacement procedure. So I went down into theatre and I watched that. It was really exciting and insightful because I felt part of the team. Everyone carried me along. It was really good. During my second placement at St. Auburn City Hospital, that was also surgical and orthopedic. So it was still exciting. I learned how to carry out pre-op and post-op um, assessments on patients. And I also um, had the opportunity to watch some procedures in theatre as well. So it was really good. Great to hear that. And what about you, Felix? What kind of things did you do on your placement? And again, if you could share any positive experience that you've gained from your placements so far. I've learned how to do depots. And then also I've had to learn more to do the antipsychotic medications for patients with mental health problems. For instance, clozapine, which obviously before being administered, you have to make sure you check the blood pressure of the patient and the temperature as well. And then obviously you've got to monitor their heart rate as well, which is really, really important before and after the medication has been administered to them. Yeah, I'm learning quite a lot here. Thank you very much for that. And finally, to Fiona, what kind of things did you do on your placement and what positive experiences could you share with our listeners? Some of the things we did on the placement, we had to take histories for the patients when they arrive on the wards on admission, write observations, make beds for the patients, escalate in case of anything, like the S-bar. We did more of the documentation and drug administration and supervision. I loved the way they could help me try to do the handovers and engage into the process. The way they could teach me different procedures, catheterization. There is the stoma bag and I've never heard of it. So I really love the stoma process. 
the environment was conducive. You know, when you arrive on the wards, you're already anxious. You're confused. You don't know everything, but they try to talk to you about what is happening, what is going to happen, what you're supposed to do. In case you make a mistake, they try to go it through with you. You're not supposed to be like that. Those are things I loved about the environment. I did the wound dressing still on supervision. Most of the things we did them under supervision, but those are the things I managed to do. So it's good to hear that you've had a very supportive team, Fiona. This takes me to the next question. Victoria, so um, I've got a question for you here. What tips and strategies could you share to help other students regarding coping on their placements despite the ongoing challenges? I would say that students should practice within the guidelines of the NMC and demonstrate high standards of professionalism and um, professional values and conduct as well. Not forgetting the guidelines of their practice placements. I'm sure every placement have their own guidelines. So students should practice within these guidelines. These are very, very important. We shouldn't do anything other than what we are supposed to do. We have a guideline. We should follow the guideline and practice within these guidelines. That we won't be going astray. I think I just remembered something that I was told by my module leader. Whilst in placement, this is a tip. When you're asked to do something that you don't know how to do, don't say no to it or don't say, I don't know how to do it. Rather, you would say, I am not yet competent to do it because we are nurses in training. So maybe the person who has asked you to do or to who has delegated that particular task to you might think that you know how to do it. So it's okay to say you are not yet competent to do it. Yeah, I think that's the right word to do. Instead of saying, no, I don't know how to do it. You know, there are two different things entirely. So that way they know that, okay, you're not yet competent. Okay, you're in the process. Of course, you are not in training. So it's expected that, you know, with time, you get to know how to do it. And then, you know, you try your hands on such tasks. So that is a point as well. Never say no to any task. Always say you are not yet competent and watch how it is done by others. Thank you for that. And Afia, would you like to add anything to that? First of all, be confident. Don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be afraid to say you don't know because we are all learning. And so far, from what I've realized, all the staff nurses are very nice. They're always willing to teach you. They're always willing to help. So don't be afraid. Thank you very much for that. How about you, Eniola? Would you like to add anything to this? Yes. I'll say be confident, like Afia said. Be willing to learn. Always ask questions. Don't be afraid to say you don't know because the last thing you want is to make a mistake. Be motivated. In nursing, you need to be self-motivated anyway. So you need to be able to push yourself to the limits because <laughs> that's just what it is. Thank you for that. And let's ask Felix, what tips and strategies could you share with our students regarding coping with their placement despite the ongoing challenges? Yeah, the tip I could give is you have to be willing to look after number one and ask yourself. If you're not comfortable about something, don't be afraid to speak up. If you're not comfortable assisting a service user, you could always speak up so someone else could be able to look after them. Obviously, you're going to build some resilience with time. But you should know 
when you feel you're not able to do something, you know, don't be afraid. Let your line manager know. Let your colleagues know. You have to speak up whenever you feel uncomfortable about certain things. Yeah, looking after number one is really, really, really important. Thank you very much, brother. I'm sure our listeners would appreciate all of your advice. And now let's ask Fiona, what tips and strategies could you share to help other students regarding coping with their placement despite the ongoing challenges? First of all, I encourage them to be prepared before they start their placement. If they get their allocations, they should communicate with their managers to get to know the day and the time they're supposed to go on the wards. Then they should at least try and go visit the allocated places before the start date. They go visit the places and see what really they're supposed to do or what they're going to do. Or the distance, most especially, the time, how the environment is, where they can keep their bags and properties and everything, whether it's okay for them to move with big luggage because there's some places where they, they don't have enough space for them to keep their properties. So I would encourage them to be prepared prior to the placement then still uh, encourage them to be good listeners on the wards. They should try to listen to each and every one, be it the healthcare assistants, the nurses, the doctors, each and every one. That helps them to have the teamwork. Whenever you listen to someone, you get that teamwork. You try to get each and every point of view. Then I encourage them to always have someone to communicate to in case they get problems, in case they are confused about something, they try to communicate to someone because whenever they keep everything to themselves, sometimes they don't get the answers. You stay confused, you still have the questions in your head and you do not talk to anyone. But the more you keep on talking to someone, you realize that, yeah, something has got off your chest. They should talk to someone they really trust or someone who can really help. Another advice I would give them is to try and eat well, drink enough, have enough rest. You know that helps. And still be eager to learn. Whenever you reach on the wards, try to schedule yourself and be like today. Last time I didn't do the blood pressure well. This time I have to do it very well. I'm going to do this. They need to schedule themselves and be eager to learn. That's my message to them. Thank you for that, Fiona. I'm sure our listeners would surely benefit from your advice and your tips and strategies. Obviously, we are aware that our students on placements are currently experiencing some challenges. Victoria, would you like to tell us a bit about what kind of challenges students could be facing, possibly? I would um, use myself for an example, because I know I faced a lot of challenges, especially when I started my placement. Number one was having to wake up very early to be at placement for seven and getting home quite late. You know, it was really challenging for me at first, because when I get to placement, I tend to, you know, doze off at some points. You know, when we have some meetings, you see me nodding. It was a very big challenge for me. But with time, I had to pick up a different way such that I get enough sleep at home before coming for placement. So I got a place closer to placement to enable me get there at a good time without, you know, having to wake up too early. So that was a very big challenge. Secondly was, at first, I was spending so much on transportation. 
until I got the student rail card, the discount card. I didn't know about it when I first came. So I was spending so much money on transport because I was living in London and my placement was outside of London. So it was a lot for me financially. So it was when I got to hear about the student rail card that I started getting discounts on my travels and that really helped me a lot. So these were like the two challenges for me. Thirdly was childcare from some of my colleagues that have children, you know, little babies. They have to pay people to look after their children whilst they're in placement. It was really difficult juggling between home, school, writing your essays, you know, going for placement and all of that. It was really hectic at some point. But, you know, we are trained to navigate our ways through life. So I'm sure we coped. We got support from the university as well. So that was a good thing. Thank you very much for your response. I'm sure the listeners would really appreciate um, appreciate the challenges that you've shared with them and the advice as well. All right, our final question. Some of our listeners are new students and are preparing for their new placement or their first placement. Any other tips or advice you would give them specifically? So I would like to ask you, Victoria, what kind of tips and advice would you like to give students who are preparing for their placement or their new placement? Okay. For students who are preparing for their new placements, I would say don't get anxious. Relax. Take a deep breath. Of course, you know, we all look forward to it and then you don't know what to expect. But when you've been allocated your placement, the first thing you should do is give your placement a call and let them know that, you know, you've been assigned to them. Also, you find out the location, where it's located, so you know how to travel to your placements. You can check your map, or you can ask friends how you can get there in time, so you don't get there late. When you get there, do well to have your induction. Know all the safety rules, know where the fire assembly point is. Also, know who your mentor will be because of course before you arrive somebody would have been assigned to you to be your mentor mentor you so know who your mentor or your practice assessor would be for that particular placement always be in contact with whoever your mentor will be fourthly practice within the placement guideline every placement have their guidelines so you don't do things that you're not supposed to do there also you have questions if you're not sure of anything ask questions the world sometimes gets too busy that they forget the students are there. So it is your responsibility as a student to make the efforts. Ask questions. Don't be ashamed. Don't be scared. Always speak up when you don't understand anything. Ask and always get involved in, you know, whatever they are doing. You know, get close to the nurses and watch, see, learn. And, you know, in no time you'll be competent enough to do it yourself. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for that, Victoria. Afia, would you like to add to this? Yeah, I completely agree with everything Victoria has said. For me, for instance, before I started placement, I actually came by the hospital to see where it was so that like, I would know where I'm coming to. And I also say, take the help from the university. As she said, if you're not sure of anything, ask, especially your academic assessors. Academic assessor is someone that is very useful and helpful. In case you're facing lighting challenges, be sure to ask. And also, on the word, be willing to learn. Always ask questions. Don't be afraid. That's what I'm saying. 
Thank you. Thank you very much for that. So over to you, Felix. Anything else that you would like to add? I'll probably say just choose any skill you want to concentrate on for the day. So for instance, medication management. So just make sure you follow your assessor throughout the day. Ask as many questions on the different medications. You know, when they're going to do the medication round, tag with them and help them out. You know, if they need like to prepare to look out for certain medication, maybe you try and look for it. So literally choose a skill that you really need to do for the day and concentrate on it throughout the day. If you want to see what happens during MDT meetings or watch rounds, so just focus on that and get used to it and get confident with it, you know, because at the end of the day, what you try and do is gain confidence in these various skills and start ticking them off. And then, you know, with time, when you gain confidence in them, then you can then be more willing to pick up other skills. But yeah, it's important to focus on one or two skills a day. Thank you very much for that, Felix. Eniola, would you like to share any advice or tips to students who are preparing for their new placement? Try to have a very good relationship with your practice assessor. Know who your supervisor is. If your trust has a nursing education team, keep in touch with them because if you have any issues on placement, they will always stand in the gap for you. Even before you get to your academic assessor, the dedication team in the hospital will stand for you and give you any support you need. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. And over to you, Fiona. Anything else you would like to add? For the new students, what I would advise them is, obviously, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be worried. You don't know where you're going. You've never been there. And this might be your first placement ever in your life. So just be free. Make sure you're on time. You don't miss. Eager to learn, eager to listen, and don't undermine anyone. Ask them. In case you're confused about anything, healthcare systems are also good, most especially in some of the things, because they have experience. They have been on those woods for some years. So they know what is going on. They know what is happening. You try and ask them in case you're confused about something, you want to do something, or you need to ask your supervisors, you have the assessors, you try and talk to them. Yeah, be open and don't worry. You can make it. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, everyone. So thank you for sharing with us your experience during the placements. Any final messages you would like to share with our listeners? Um, let's start off with Victoria. Thank you very much. It was really nice to be on the HSK Student Podcast today. So I would leave the students with this word. You need to be okay mentally, physically, to be able to provide person-centered care to service users. So first and foremost, take very good care of yourself. Drink a lot of water, stay hydrated. That's it. Just take good care of yourself and then trust me, you'll be delivering the best care possible. Students, we always wait until the last minute to sign our pads, you know, to fill in our pads. It is very, very important that you fill it on the go. Do not wait until the last minute. Don't say, oh, when I get to the final week of my placement, I will do it. No should be so overwhelming for you at the very beginning of your placement you start signing as much as you can 
your proficiencies, sign as much as you can in your, your current placement. Don't say, oh, when I get to the next placement, I will sign them. You may not get the opportunity there. It may not be as easy as you are having it. So my advice to students is begin on time, sign as much as you can, get your proficiencies signed. Yeah, that's it. So you don't get too overwhelmed at the end of the day. That's um, my final words for you. Thank you. I think that's really good to be honest, Victoria. Thank you for that. And what about you, Felix? Well, I can just say one thing. Your voice is very, very important because at the end of the day, you're not only just going to advocate for yourself, you also advocate for service users. So it's important to always speak up. Do not be too complacent. Always remember to assert yourself because if you just see something and it's not being done right and you just keep quiet about it, then you're the problem. So always remember your voice. Your voice is very, very important. Thank you very much for that. So over to you, Aniola. Is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners? Yes, thank you. What I'll just say to students coming in is be very self-aware and uh, prepare to take everything and anything head on. That's what I live by and it has worked for me. Thank you very much for that. And over to you, Fiona. Do you have any final message you can give to the HSK students, including students from other UH schools that might be listening to you today? My message is we need to be healthy. COVID is real. Try and eat well. Try and drink enough. Exercise. Have enough rest. Then be yourself and love what you're doing. We shall make it. Thank you for that, Fiona. Again, thank you very much for joining us today on the HSK Student Pod. I wish you all the best for your placement, your academic study, and just generally for your future. Thank you so much. It was nice to be on the HSK Student Pod. Thank you, Kipa. Much obliged. And thank you very much for having us today on the HSK Student Pod. It was a nice experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, then. Take care and bye. 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 Dear HSK Student Board listeners, have you heard of the Student Nursing Times Awards? Do you know what the Student Nursing Times Awards event is all about and how you can get involved in this prestigious national awards event? For this month's professional spotlight, we have our guests, Chin and Kathy, both senior lecturers for the School of Health and Social Work. Chin and Kathy are going to share a brief message with us letting us know about the Student Nursing Times Awards event. I now hand you over to Jean and Kathy. Hello, Kathy, and welcome to HSK Student Pod. We're very happy to have you as one of our guests today to tell us all about the Nursing Times Award that's coming up this spring. Thanks very much for having me on the HSK Student Pod. I'm delighted to be here and tell you all about this process and the award ceremony. It's really an exciting time and something I've enjoyed going to. Brilliant. How are you doing today, Cathy? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I've just been on a week's annual leave, so I've come back to a very full inbox, so I'm just going through all my emails. Yeah, it's a busy day. but It is, isn't it? Yeah, all starts up again, end of semester A and beginning of semester B. 
So, Kathy, before we jump into the Nursing Times Award, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm field tutor for adult nursing on the BSc pre-registration nursing program. I took the role on after being first year tutor for a number of years. Both roles I've really, really enjoyed. And as field tutor, I'm also the third year lead tutor for adult nursing on the BSc program. So a full role, very, very enjoyable and supporting students and staff alike. I've really, really enjoyed it. Brilliant. You have got busy roles. I do appreciate that. So thank you for your time today. So let's move on to the Nursing Times Award. So recently, we both had the opportunity to attend the lovely event, very, very prestigious event in London, I feel, that we all had to dress up in our glad rags in to go, <laughs> which was fantastic. First time ever going to a ceremony that we could actually sit next to each other quite safely, yes. face to face, and talk to people, which is fantastic. So I would absolutely want to do that again. So... What does the Nursing Times Award mean to you? The ceremony that I attended recently with yourself was my third time. This year, I was also very privileged to be a judge on a panel for Teaching Innovation of the Year. And three years, we've entered a category. And I'll just quickly tell you about what those were. 2019, we entered the category for student experience where the children's nursing field tutor Debbie Martin and myself put in an entry for our nursing induction program called Let's Get Started and that was shortlisted for student experience award. We weren't successful in actually winning the award but that actually didn't matter because having that recognition for the Let's Get Started program was great because it was a lot of work to get the induction program up and running and to make it exciting and innovative for students. So it was nice to get that recognition. The following year, 2020, of course, when everything happened with the pandemic, myself and Eunice Circuit, adult nursing lecturer within the team, who's now moved on actually to a post at Bart's Hospital in London. We put in an entry about simulation in our first-year nursing programme, about preparing first-year student nurses for participation in end-of-life care. Mm. And it was through simulation of nursing practice, as well as the practice of caring for people at the time of death and for bereaved families. And I'm delighted to say that went into the Teaching Innovation of the Year Award category, and we won. That was really great. It was all online, the ceremony, so it was very odd being online and picking up the award, but it was great that we were recognised for all that hard work that the whole team put into that from adult nursing. And then last year, we also entered the student experience category again for our personal tutoring program that we've developed. Again, we weren't successful, but that's okay because being recognized and shortlisted is a great achievement in a national award, such as the Nursing Times Awards. I would encourage anybody to think about nominating somebody they've 
think has done some great work in practice or in teaching or to nominate students or for them to nominate themselves. Mm. That sounds amazing. So how do they go about doing that, Kathy? Each year, there is a call for submissions and nominations, which is sent out by the Nursing Times. It's publicised through the journal. It's also publicised very well online and also through the university. And the call for submissions is out now with a closing date in February. Often the closing date is set and then there sometimes there's an extension to the closing date. So I wouldn't let anybody be put off for nominating if the closing date was looming. Yeah, go for it, I would say. What are the nomination categories apart from student experience then? So there's lots of different categories. Teaching innovation in practice is one category that staff and students could nominate. There is a student experience category, again, for either students or staff to nominate themselves or others. But there's lots and lots of different categories. There is student of the year category, a student nurse of the year, student midwife of the year. There is a category for pre-registration nursing provider of the year. So an institution, for instance, you could nominate your institution if you wished. There is a CPD category for continuing professional development provider of the year. There is a category for educator of the year. There's categories for all sorts of things. So too long a list for this. Take me over my limit on the podcast, probably. Our listeners have a look at the link. And there's usually a little explanation of each category on the link about what kind of entries. And also you can see past winners and entries and their synopsis and summaries. Yeah. Do you have to nominate individuals or can you nominate groups? You can nominate individuals or a team as I've done before, collaboratively with other people. What would be really great, I think, for future nominations is that students and staff work together Mm. to nominate in a category and put forward an entry in a category because there's so much great work that's gone on in the school with students and staff working together on different initiatives that it would be good for those to be recognised. There's a lot of great work going on out there. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. the judging panel before what are the tips that you can give us or what are the particular things that you look out for sure. in um, nominations I think in a nomination writing concisely is always good and keeping the nominations short and to the point but robust enough to stand up to scrutiny if for example really good categories that I've seen have been where there's something unique about them, something original and something really exciting, which is backed up by literature. And it doesn't have to be a great deal of literature, but entries are encouraged to provide supporting evidence. So for instance, for our nomination for the end-of-life care simulation package, we included some audit data from clinical practice that helped us 
design our package. So for instance, it was how people were cared for at a particular time within a trust at the time of death and following death mm. and an audit of those practices. And that helped us then educate the students through that. So we use that information. We also use some of the recent clinical guidelines on end-of-life care as well as some evidence. But if we're nominating for educator of the year, for instance, or you're nominating for student of the year, you know, it's just authenticity, I think. Mm. It's just Mm. being genuine and writing from the heart because those are the things that often speak to judges. Mine was teaching innovation of the year that I judged. I didn't judge on student of the year. So the students who have been successful, I think, have gone the extra mile in their student career. Mm. They might have gone involved in student services or student unions. They've role modelled for other students. They've been really collegiate, perhaps, or caring for other students. Perhaps they've done something really innovative in a project, those sorts of things. Mm, brilliant. Thank you so much for those useful tips and really speaking from the heart. Pleasure. If we're interested in nominating someone, do we need your permission? I would say if you're nominating another colleague or a student, I would always let them know. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you always need the permission of that person, but the process is a nomination followed by, if you're shortlisted, you'd be invited to go and present to a panel in many of the categories, not all of the categories, but in many of the categories, you'd be invited to present to a panel. So it would always be, I think, a good idea to talk to the person you're nominating and say, hey, I think you've done some great work there. I'm going to nominate you. Even that in itself is a great recognition. Yeah. And if you're nominating yourselves, of course, you know, um, you'd know that you're nominating yourselves. <laughs> but uh, again, tell other people that you're doing it. Mm. Thank you. That's really, really helpful. And uh, yeah, the, the invite for the interview process, that bit is actually useful to know. Mm. I don't think many people know that. I'm going to end here unless you want to have anything else to add to the podcast. Yeah, I think sometimes people feel that, oh, why would somebody want to know about what I've done or why is that going to stand up to another institution's nominations, for instance. But I think there's so much great work that goes on across our school and in our departments of nursing health and wellbeing and midwifery that we can shout about it. We can, you know, really celebrate the stuff that goes on. It doesn't actually take a lot of time to do this. The nomination itself is less than an A4 piece of paper, really. And it's not many words. The supporting evidence doesn't have to be hugely onerous. And the ceremony, the shortlisting and the ceremony itself, it's a pleasure to go to, but it's only a few hours. It's not a lot of time. Mm. So when we feel that we haven't got time to perhaps do those extracurricular things, I appreciate that life is very, very busy. But in my experience, just to get somebody to go, hey, that was a great job. Well done. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great thing. And I would encourage everybody to go for it. (laughs) 
Brilliant. Thank Anybody you. that knows me knows that I love a party. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a party, wasn't it? It was so grand. And I felt really, really honoured to be part of it. Even, you know, part of that nursing and midwifery family, really. I think it was a really, really nice atmosphere there. And absolutely, I would encourage anyone who's perhaps hesitant in nominating someone or an innovation to actually come forward and speak to either myself or you to put a category in. I'd be very, very happy to help advise or support anybody who wanted to think about it. Yeah. Thank you very much. So thank you for your time today, Kathy. That's been really, really enjoyed listening to all your experiences as winner, as a nominee, and also as part of the judging panel. And uh, I'll hand the podcast back to Richard. Thanks so much for having me. I wish to thank our guests, starting off with our student guests, Victoria, Eniola, Philpoma, Felix, and Fiona. Thank you all for sharing with us some of your placement experiences, especially the tips or strategies for coping with placements. It's nice hearing the wide range of placement experiences HSK students get, but it's also very good to hear the wide range of strategies you all have in place that make you resilient and determined to succeed on your placements despite the challenges you may face. I'm sure our student listeners have gained a lot from your message, especially those students who are just starting their first placement, or those students who have never used some of your shared strategies or tips for coping with the placements. Thank you, Victoria, Enura, Flipoma, Felix, and Fiona for your placement experience message. We definitely would like to hear for many other students. Please do get in touch if you have a message you would like to share. I wish to thank our special interviewer, Shippa. Thank you for giving us the beautiful interview. We always appreciate the time taken by our HSK student pod interviewers. Also, thanks to Vivian for your help in making it possible for the student placement podcast interview to take place. I also need to thank Chin and Kathy for letting us know about the Student Nursing Times Awards event. I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed listening to your beautiful message. Our listeners should now know what the Student Nursing Times Awards event is all about and how they can get involved in this prestigious National Awards event. We are lucky to have someone in our school who has been nominated before for this award as being a winner and also being part of the judging panel for one of the categories. Please look out for the Student Nursing Times Awards announcement message on your program sites. You will find a link that will take you to the awards official website. You can also get in touch with the cafe or Chin if you have any questions about these awards. Their contact details are also on the same announcement. Looking forward to seeing many nominations from both HSK students and staff in the different categories for this year's Student Nursing Times Awards. Let's showcase the excellent students, staff and work that is being done in our school. Just to remind you, 
The deadline for submitting your nomination is 5 p.m. on Friday, the 25th of February. I wish to thank Karen, our Associate Dean, for learning and teaching and student experience. Thank you, Karen, for sharing with us the important news plus keeping us up to date on what's going on in the school. Thank you, Karen. Don't forget, I also wish to thank all the students who sent in their photos to take part in the Proud to be Wearing My Profession Uniform activity. Thank you all for being positive members of the HSK student and staff community. It's nice seeing the beautiful, smiling faces of smart-dressed HSK students in various profession uniforms. Please send in more photos, especially I would love to see more photos of students in uniform from these professions, physio, OT, radiography, radiotherapy, and paramedic. Nurses, we still love to see your photos in uniform. Please, just a reminder, due to GDPR requirements, make sure when taking the photos, you do not show your place of work in the background. If you have not yet seen the lovely, proud to be wearing my profession uniform graphics for this month, see the announcement message for this episode on your program sites. Thanks to all our guests. It's always a pleasure to have you on the HSK Student Pod. I also need to thank all the other anonymous staff members who have made this episode to be a success. Thank you all for your support and the creative ideas. Dear listeners, if you have not yet done so, I wish to let you know the HSK Student Podcast can now easily be accessed through a free app called the CastBox. Install this app today and add the HSK Student Pod to the favorite section so that the app alerts you when new episodes are out. For more details about the CastBox app, see the podcast announcement on your program on the module sites. Also, if you have not yet done so, do not forget to subscribe to the HSK Student Podcast so that you can receive the new episodes automatically. As we come to the end of this podcast, I wish you good luck in your current placements or new placements that some of you are yet to start or just starting. Also, good luck in your current assignments. For our academic staff, good luck for those who are still very busy marking students' assignments or even preparing for semester B teaching. Dear HSK Student Pod listeners, look after yourselves and your loved ones. Be safe, keep warm, and hope everything you do in February goes well for you. Thank you for joining us and for being part of this episode. Bye-bye from Richard, your host, and join us in our next HSK Student Pod which will have something fresh and new to listen to.